time now for us to level up with Kelly Support Group's podcast called This Hong Kong Life, featuring another new guest for first play here on the show. You're listening to This Hong Kong Life, a podcast of stories and conversations with everyday youth across Hong Kong. Hi everyone, my name is Sky, and I'm from Kelly. And today we're at a special location, actually standing outside the pier. Still social distancing, but I'm here with a friend today, Nathaniel or Nathan. How would you like to be introduced? Hi, I would like to be called Nathaniel. Nathaniel, yeah. how do you spell your name? N a t h a n i e l. I e l. So a lot of people spell Nathaniel with an A versus an E. How did you get an E in your name instead of an A? I actually have no idea. I, I think it's the I that replaced the A, but the A is the one that's in the Bible, which is I think where my mom wanted to get it from. But my dad's actually called Nathaniel as well, and his name is spelled with an I for some reason, <laughs> and so my name just sort of went along with it. Yeah. <laughs> so so you are Nathaniel Junior then? Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so does your family like nickname you Junior instead? No, actually, I'm actually called Gugu. Which is like older brother oh. in Chinese, because I do have a younger brother. Yeah. Right. So it sounds like you speak Mandarin at home versus Cantonese. Is that true? Yeah, it is. Well, I'm from Hong Kong and I grew up here, but my mom is from Taiwan, and so we do practice speaking Mandarin and English at home a lot. Yeah. So it sounds like you speak three languages. Any other languages that you speak while uh, you're growing up in Hong Kong? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I think yeah, those three are the main ones. Yeah. So tell us a little bit like. You you grew up here in Hong Kong. Did you go to a local school or international school? What was that? Yeah, I think I had quite a unique experience. I went to a primary school that was international, but then I shifted in secondary school to a local school. I went to Tai Ai, which is uh, in Poltan. Uh, I studied there for three years, and then I moved to Renaissance, which is an international school again. So it was a bit of a hop around. Yeah. Oh wow! So most people that we know, most young people, do it the other way around. They go to local school and primary school, and then they move to international school and they move into secondary. What was that like for you? Yeah, that seems to be the case from a lot of the people I've met actually. But what was it like for me? Well, I think it was a unique experience. It was really good to see both sides of things, and I got to pick up on my Cantonese a lot more when I was in the local school because I didn't really speak it that well. And I think that has helped a lot with my interactions in university. Especially because I get to meet all sorts of people, right? But I think I got to see a lot of the differences in uh, different education systems, especially secondary school. I was able to sort of compare them, compare the experiences, and so yeah, I was able to meet different people. I think that was the biggest influence because there was a lot of international students that I met when I shifted back to Renaissance, so uh, more to an international side of things. But I still have a lot of local friends, and I guess you learn different things from different groups. What is something that you really appreciated from your experiences in a local system versus international system? Um, I think I mentioned language, but just the way they saw things as well. I think international school students, like I think one of the major differences were they're not all rich, for example, but、um, I think. Most of them would probably be richer than the the friends I made in local school. And so even the way we saw lunches was very different. Like I used to spend five dollars on a lunch when I was studying in Taiyi, and everyone would be actually competing to see who could spend the least and who could save the most. And then in international school, I went there, and people were splurging on like forty dollar meals, and it was like a huge shift at first. I was like, I got I got lost. I just got caught out by everything that was going on. But I think it was good to see both sides of things as well, and it was a huge part of. My growth, I think. I was challenged in many other ways too. 
I think education-wise as well in the international setting back in high school. I don't know if it was high school or versus secondary, like early secondary, but uh, I think urged to be more independent, challenged rather with my projects, uh, with the way I dealt with my homework and managed my schedules. And it was a lot more demanding in that respect than what I experienced in the local school, which had a lot of stuff really prepared and planned out for us back then. Yeah. Actually, that's very interesting because, you know, I was going to ask, when you move around so much, when you're studying, it can be quite difficult because you're almost losing a set of friends, making new set of friends, losing them again and then making new ones. Even though you didn't travel around different countries, but you traveled around different communities. In your last transition, you know, in secondary school, how did you sort of manage your relationships and friendships in that time? Yeah, it was definitely pretty difficult. I think I was able to keep in touch with my local school friends, but it was particularly difficult to adapt to a new environment with a new set of friends because I'm almost like completely shifting even my personality to suit the people around me, I think, a little bit just to meet, you know, come to a middle point almost, right? I think my transition process was also quite difficult back then because I actually got tuberculosis I think during my transition year which didn't help because I had to go to the hospital a lot and I had to wear a mask all the time which I think people now appreciate you know how difficult it is to interact and read each other when we have masks on and back then I think all those factors coming together really made it difficult for me to get along with anyone in uh, my first year at Renaissance I think a lot of people were hesitant to approach the, the shy one and I did, I did have friends, but I think I definitely got to know a lot more people the year after. I do still keep in touch, going back to your question, with my other local school friends. I think largely with the people who I played football with. We still meet up from time to time to play. I'm sorry to hear that you got tuberculosis in that time. Are you okay now? Yeah, it was a one and a half year thing. Thankfully, I was still young, so I was able to recover quite well from it. I think it took that long because the thing about TB is they really need to kill off all of the uh, bacteria before it sort of adapts to the medicine. And that would become really lethal, right? So yeah, I had to take medicine every day, go to a clinic, they had to watch me take it. And it was quite a tough period, yeah. What would you say to any young people who are out there who are actually going through a health condition right now or even have loved ones who have COVID-19? What would you say to them? Uh, This is a difficult one because I don't think I've personally experienced too much loss, but I definitely feel for them. And I think with that, just appreciate the, the people that you do have around you, I think, and just be conscious of how you spend your time with them and what you say with the, uh, the people that you love and what you do together as well. Because I think it's really easy to take for granted the people that we have around us. And I definitely found that out during this virus, actually. I was able to spend a lot more time with my family. And I think that has really helped the family relationship grow. So yeah, just be mindful of the people around you. Yeah. Thanks for that. Speaking of family, what are your parents? What do they do? And have they influenced uh, what you do today? Yeah, so I have well, a father and a mother very thankful for that. They're both teachers. So my dad teaches Chinese history at a local school and my mom teaches English at another local school. And they have both been really positive impacts in my life in terms of, well, I want to be a teacher as well. And they were able to role model a lot of that. I was actually able to visit some of their classes as well to see how they taught. And just the way they interacted with their students was really inspiring. Yeah, that being said, though, I don't think it was directly because of that that I do want to go into teaching. But I think that's another topic. Yeah. I'm actually quite surprised. A lot of people whose parents are in a particular vocation, they end up not wanting to be the same as their family. Did you ever go through that? 
Yeah, I can totally empathize with that. I think because my parents were teachers, I sort of was very hesitant and grappled with the idea of teaching and going into teaching simply because I wanted to challenge myself, experience something new and pave my own path and not just follow in someone else's footsteps. And I think now that I look on it, my perspective on that has changed a bit. Like, I don't think that I'm necessarily taking an easy path by doing something that they've done before. It's definitely not been the case. But back when I was still making a decision on whether to go into teaching or not, that was one of the big things that stood in the way, I think. It sounds like, you know, as you are applying for jobs now, right, uh, into teaching, how do you think COVID-19 period has affected that, if at all? I think it has just because there are a lot of staff and teachers, especially like I could see in my mom, for example, she's at home, right? And so a lot of staff are just at home. And so application processes take longer. It takes longer for the letters to be sent and then taken to the people who need to see them and then for them to process it and then get back to me and then we have to arrange a time to, to meet up and do interviews. So it definitely has affected it in that aspect. And especially I can totally see or sort of imagine how difficult it must be to manage that as a teacher, process the applications as well as do all the online classes and prepare for well uncertainty, essentially just plan ahead as much as they can. And so I can totally empathize with that and that has affected the way the applications have been going so far. Yeah. Um, so just kind of coming back to you, it sounds like you want to work with young people yourself as a young person. That's pretty cool. We love that. What do you think is the biggest challenge that your peers or those that younger than you are struggling with in Hong Kong today? Oh, there are definitely a lot. I actually have been working together with youth at church and I know a lot of them are just really <laughs> not fond of their online homework and online classes, especially I mean, school normally can be very interesting, can be very boring according to each individual. But I think having your friends around you really helps alleviate that. Like just being a part of a team almost and just being able to have fun, right? And now they don't have that necessarily at home. And so that's one of their major challenges. That's the youth that I've been talking to have been facing. Yeah, I would say that's the biggest one. Thanks for listening. This Hong Kong Life is an initiative of Kelly Support Group. We are a youth organization empowering young people to reach their full potential in Hong Kong. See you next time.